This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that'll try to make you a little bit of coin, but still isn't sure about Bitcoin. I'm Andrew Page, and with me, as always, is Scott Phillips. Good Andrew, good fools. You're not going to ask me how much my Bitcoin's worth? I'm going to ask. All right. You're, you're going to... So we say you're not gonna sure me... about Bitcoin, you mean you're not sure about Bitcoin. I'm, let's just move right past that. What the hell is going on with RFG? Who? There has been some serious ructions. These are the master franchises behind Donut King, uh, Michelle's Patisserie, Pizza Crust, Pizza Capers, and they are in a bit of a pickle, and so indeed uh, is their share price. So we will talk about that. Uh, also on the corporate front, a very big deal happening uh, over in the US. Disney has acquired Fox, and uh, we are entering a brave new world of entertainment, so we'll talk about that as well. Westfield sells out. Frank Lowy at the top of his game sells out, uh, and what a story that has been. So we have to we have to uh, mark that very important milestone. And yes, Scott, we will talk about Bitcoin. There we go. Again. Again. Uh, and just to just I'm to a fan of off. celebrating success, Andrew, <laughs> is all I would say. I don't want to. Let's get to the point now. I'm going to start seeing a counselor. This is my, this is as if, as if like I didn't have the universe rubbing my face in it with house prices enough. Now I've got the universe rubbing Bitcoin in my face. So anyway, we get, I get to do that at the beginning and the end of the podcast. Yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Good. Yeah. Looking forward to and it. And I'll talk a bit about house prices too. Why the hell oh, not? God. So, so mate, um, let's, let's spend a little bit of time on this right. because this has been getting some serious attention. It wasn't that long ago. Wasn't this, that long ago? What's that? This being? This being Retail Food Group. Right, okay. So, uh... RFG is the pe- code. Yeah, that's right. And so let's let's take a step back. So okay. 7-Eleven got themselves into a bit of trouble with their franchisees um, uh, allegedly not paying uh, their staff enough. Correct. Uh, then Domino's got into a little bit of trouble. Correct. Um, uh, on the back of some uh, investigative journalism from uh, the good people at Fairfax. If and, you do it twice, you might as well go a third time. Well, it was a good story. And um, it turns out that uh, Retail Food Group, this master, the biggest master franchiser in the country, again, owns these these brands that I mentioned, uh, Donut King, Michelle's Patisserie, Gloria Jean's Coffee, Pizza mm-hmm. Capers. Brumby's uh, Bakery. Brumby's Bakery. Um, they allegedly have been uh, not very nice to their franchisees, and a lot of them are struggling. So the share price took an absolute bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had already been down a bit. There'd been quite a bit of what they call in the game short interest, a bunch of people betting essentially on that share price falling Bastards. down. And so you and I have been talking about this I think, nonstop really <laughs> since, since it happened. Only because you make me. I, I do, mate. I, I do. I do like having an argument. I mean, a debate with you. <laughs> and so how'd it go on Bitcoin? Uh, we're not talking about Bitcoin. How'd it go on yeah. house price? We're not talking about that. Right. So I'm just I'm just trying to set a scene here that I'm probably right more than right. Well, okay, if you're you're, you're pretty keen to get your two cents in, why don't you why don't you set the scene for us and say and say what you think about this scenario? All right, so here's the thing: it's very easy for a disgruntled group of people to go to a journo and say, "Here's our problem." Mm-hmm. A journo who's already interested in the franchise story, who's beaten the drum twice, and hey, why not beat it a third time? Yep. You put a couple of groups together and you say, look at that. Now we've got a fantastic story. A couple of days worth of headlines in the paper. Yep. Uh, lots of share price movement. Mm-hmm. Therefore, mission accomplished. Yep. And the question's got to be, is there really, really a problem? Is there genuinely an issue? And I'm not convinced. The market seems to be because the market loves to overreact. Mm-hmm. I'm simply not convinced that Fairfax has made a compelling case as to why RFG shares are worth less than they were a week ago mm-hmm. before the story broke. And I hear that, that. Right, right I hear, there. That's fundamentally that. my challenge. So they will say, 
Franchisees aren't making any money. Mm. Franchisees are in trouble. Mm. A lot of stores are for sale. Yep. Therefore, RFG as a company sucks as an investment sucks. Now, yes. I will separate the ethical question because we don't try and, as a matter of course at The Fool, we don't tend to try and bring our own ethical frameworks to this. Mm. We try and find companies that are going to beat the market and say that's what we think, whether our members choose to invest in them or not. If they don't like gambling stocks, they won't buy Crown. If they don't like mining stocks, if they don't like whatever, they make right. their decisions. Okay. Yep. So, okay. so I want to separate the, because there are people listening who will say, those bastards at RFG, they're screwing the franchisees. This is terrible. It's unethical. So I want to separate that bit. Yep. The, the pure ethical decision making. Yep. Outside that, I'm simply not convinced that anyone's made a strong enough case that this is a business that is heading downwards from what it has been thus far. Well, herein lies the problem. So I, I would, I, I, I agree in large part with what you're saying. Here, Excellent. Let's move on. Let, let, let's, let's, let's give you some context here. So Retail <laughs> Food Group has, uh, they claim around 2,500 uh, outlets globally. In yes. fact, so they're in they're in all kinds of about places half around the world. Here and half about I, I look, it, it's hard to get an exact number on the domestic franchise mm. count, and there's there's a bunch of very small franchisees as well, like coffee carts, coffee coffee trucks, that kind of stuff. Right. But in terms of, of the bigger ones, I estimate there's around thirteen hundred yep. franchisees here, and so whenever you're looking at a network like that, it is inevitable that there's going to be a background of, of people who are just not doing that well. Right. Um, that, 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 that's for all kinds of stores. You know, you, you could, you could look at any kind of company that has a certain number of networks, uh, stores in their network. And some of them are just going to be doing worse than others, whether mm -hmm. that's the reject shop or, you know, the athletes foot or something. There's just some that are be going great. Right. Some right. that are going. So if you, to your point, if you go out looking for some unhappy franchisees, you will find them. I get that. Um, what is being alleged in Fairfax, though, is I think is that mm -hmm. it's the scale of that. So is, is this the usual background that you would expect or is this something more significant? Now, if it is more significant, and this is the hard part, we, it's very, very, very difficult to quantify. Yep. Um, and it's, let me also say there's a difference between unviable and unhappy. Yes. So there's a, there's a bunch of yes. franchisees out there that will always, and rightly so, we're always, we always look at our, our own perspective yep. and they might be actually making money, but yep. would say, I think I, I'm working, I'm doing most of the work. I should be making more money. Now that's a very different story sure. from I'm completely being screwed over and I'm losing money <laughs> yep. and I, you know, my marriage is breaking all these horrible, horrible, you know, yep. Um, yep. Uh, stories. Mm -hmm. So again, we have to uh, draw a line between that. But, but what I'm saying is, is that if hypothetically, yep. as is being alleged that this is beyond that background, mm -hmm. then we have a problem because the, the, the master franchiser is only as successful as the companies that lie underneath that. So if these guys, if you, if you can't sell more Gloria Jeans franchise, you can't get more people in. If you can't continue to charge the same kind of franchise, or even if the existing store network just becomes less and less and less profitable, mm. that hits you at the bottom line. So you need long-term those franchisees to have real success to make it an attractive proposition to keep the store network growing and to keep your, your, your workforce engaged. So that's, that's the part that, that I think the market is worried about. And, and I'm a bit worried there. about too. A lot of ifs there. There are, but they're, they're the ifs that we need to focus on. But if that's not true, and if they continue to grow as they currently are and as they have released to the market, mm -hmm. and if there are more franchisees and more coffees and more donuts and more cakes sold, yes. then the shares are incredibly cheap. It's, that's the hard part, right? right? And that's why you don't want to knee jerk this. Right. And, and, and I don't think we have, I, 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 I want to, I'm a big fan of, I say this to you all the time, but <laughs> of taking the bear case and, and taking it seriously. So I think X, I think this is a good company and I have, and we should say for the record, for those that aren't members of, of our services, we've both recommended it. Yep. Um, and, and, and financially, you know, you look at the historicals, this is a wonderful business in terms of the money that they have generated. But, 
just to take a very quick step back, the, the, the reason that we love this so much is because the economics are so wonderful. The yeah, franchisee yeah. stumps up the capital, right? Right. Right. To, to, to grow your growth capex to use the lingo comes from someone else. Yeah. And then you clip the ticket at the top line. I mean, the economics for the master franchise are, are phenomenal. Right. So, so when you to, look, just, to, the, just put a little bit of detail on that. So mm -hmm. clipping the ticket on the top line means that you get a set percentage of every dollar of sales for your franchisees. Not profit, sales. Right. And you provide the brand, some training, some marketing. And as a result, you get to say, you're using my brand system to use the lingo. Yes. So you can, you, so I will take X percent of your sales. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a really, really, really nice model. So again, we've already, we've already chewed up a big chunk of time here and there's a lot more to say. Um, <laughs> you give me your one line summary. I'll give you one, mine. <clears throat> I think that in any, any investing, there is always the... Existence of risks and opportunities. I'm far from convinced that the risks are bigger than they were the week before the story was announced. I think the market reaction is well and truly overdone. I agree with a large part of that. I just don't know if we were fully aware of the extent of those risks the mm -hmm. week before. So, although they are unchanged, what awareness did we have? Mm -hmm. Whether or not they're overdone will depend on the magnitude of those risks. So if this is something that is just perhaps, maybe it's even the, these these problems are a little bit higher than what you would normally see. Mm. So there's a still, shares are still stonkingly cheap if this is just a, 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 a smaller problem. If it's not, and if this is much wider spread, then then actually there's, there's, there's more pain to come. So I'm waiting at least for some more data to make a more informed choice. I will you always, happy with that? I will always, I will always <laughs> review up-to-date data to make an informed choice at any point. Yep. I'm happy to say it's a buy for me today. Okay, I'm a hold. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's talk about Disney. And let's talk about Fox. Now, Disney have a, what a, what a, a wonderful company. The home um, of Mickey. The home of Mickey and Donald and all of those things. And, and frankly, Star Wars. Frankly, I, I think they, they're the, the less valuable um, uh, brands, if you will, with Disney these days. I mean, who really cares about, am I being, I don't know. I, I don't, I think it's far more about Star Wars and the new and, and the Frozens and, you know, the Incredibles and the Pixar's and these kinds of things that have made it more of have continued its its success. I'll agree with the last bit. I agree completely. Yep. And uh, they're still making a squillion dollars out of the Mickey franchise seventy years after it was released. Oh, the return on investment is just right. ridiculous. And, the, and yes. a large amount of cash, a large amount of cash value was still in that. Yes, but to your point, there is also other stuff going on. But now they've bought Fox yes. in a deal worth close to well, seven. They're buying some of Fox. So, sorry, the uh, the movie studios and, and the TV. Uh, some of the TV some of the channels. TV channels. Yep. Yep. In not a, Fox business, not Sky, not Fox business. None of the kind of current affairsy stuff, uh, but the the entertainment bits, smart, if you like the smart. By bits. the way, the, the the valuable bits. Let's face oh, it, mate. Make a Fox make a squillion dollars out of out of Fox and Friends and Fox Business. Don't worry about that. Yeah, Fox News that's is worth true. an absolute fortune to them. Disney doesn't want it, but Fox will make a very large amount of money from it. I I think that that's, that is obviously true, but I think there are far more structural issues with that part of the business. Anyway, I think Disney is they're, 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 <laughs> how good that other part is. They've I would argue they've taken the very valuable part of it, mm -hmm. and they've done so for what almost seventy billion with a B. Indeed, indeed. So Murdoch is out. He's he's he said At least uh, that part of the business. Yeah, that, that part yeah. right. And um, as a result of this, because it's a share transaction, they mm -hmm. will actually be I think the third largest. Murdoch will be the third largest shareholder Correct. in Disney. So it's all shares. Uh, Disney, so 25% of the new enlarged Disney will be made up of current Fox shareholders, mm -hmm. of which Murdoch is the largest. And so he ends up being the number three shareholding group yep. uh, behind Vanguard and Steve Jobs' family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, a big, 
big parts of, uh, there's a fascinating, which we don't have time for, there's a fascinating story <laughs> with Jobs and Pixar and Disney and how, how that all right, right. comes together as well, which is a topic for another day. But uh, I guess I guess now that we've outlined that, my question is, so what? <laughs> so here's the, why this is fascinating is for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. So first, and we'll get to Westfield in a second, but first Murdoch is getting old, Rupert Murdoch is getting old. Mm-hmm. He has done a spectacular job of taking one newspaper, the Adelaide Advertiser, yep. that he inherited from his old man, mm. and turning it into a global behemoth. Mm. This is a spectacularly successful global entertainment business with, with tentacles all over the world. And of course, remember News Corp itself has been split out from this business. So mm. there was a time when News Corp proper owned all of the newspapers, things like Sky here in Australia, mm. um, parts of Foxtel, the movie lot, all of the movie properties, all of the TV stations, like just a massive, massive, massive global media powerhouse. And it got, we got to the point where I think, frankly, the entertainment industry knows that things have changed mm. and it's all about the internet. Mm. So you think about Netflix is obviously the one we all know and love. Yep. Uh, Amazon Prime. So mm. Amazon Prime is a delivery service, a, a delivery membership service yeah. that comes with an absolute truckload of free TV, movies, music. Watch this space, by the way, Aussies. It's right, coming. Right. It's coming. And so uh, Stan, of course, mm. here, you think about the way this is changing. Disney themselves have already announced before this deal, they are going to start their own streaming service to compete with yeah. the likes of Netflix and Stan and the others. Yep. And this is partly, I think, to some degree, a sign from Fox themselves that they are worried about trying to compete in this new world with mm. a very, very powerful content distribution networks. Yes. And also from Disney, who are trying to do this themselves, saying, we could really do some more content yes. to push down our pipe, to push down through our services. And it kind of makes sense for all of those reasons, including Rupert Murdoch, frankly, probably saying, I'm kind of getting towards the twilight of my career as a business person, an investor, a, a, an entrepreneur. I think it's fair to say with the twilight is, I, I don't want to be too ageist, if that's the word, but you just are. He, he's no spring chicken. You just were. In any case, so he's basically saying, you know, the time is right for Fox, the time is right for Murdoch, the time mm. is right for Disney, mm. and the circumstances kind of require it. And I think, you know, there's so much changing now in, in all sorts of, all parts of life, mm. um, in business, I should say, in terms of technology in particular. And this is yet another example. You think about the, the Fox and the Disneys of the world 10 years ago were untouchable. Yep. All of a sudden, they're seeing themselves now as being absolutely in the gun when it comes to the Netflixes of the world. Yep. And they've got to try and find a way to compete or to negotiate in a tougher way. I don't know the US businesses well enough to, and it's only just broken as we sort of come into the studio today, but do you have a sense of the value of that deal? Is it something that at face value looks good value, expensive? I and I'm, I, the reason I ask yeah. is because I remember when Star Wars was purchased, yeah. right? Yeah. And I forget the number now, but it was just quote unquote ridiculous yeah, yeah. until you turn around and say, geez, they've actually made a lot of money off that purchase and turned out to be a very, very good deal for Disney. Yep. Does, do you get the sense that this is the same kind of thing with Fox? Look, I think or is it too early? I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting it to you no, before no, no. you put it to me because I, <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. It's a great question. So here's the thing. It's a, the, the deal itself, there's it, not a massive premium being paid by Disney. So to some degree, this is kind of a merger of relative equals mm-hmm. in the sense that they're not paying a squillion dollars in some sort of leverage buyout where the acquirer desperately wants to pay anything to get this business. Yep. Okay. And so to some extent, it's literally kind of a bit of a rearranging of deck chairs. So putting the two together is literally just a matter of putting the two together. Okay. There's not a huge, huge premium being paid by Disney for the Fox assets. Fox wants out, Disney wants in. It's a convenient deal for all of them. So it kind of makes just, just rough sense. The question really will be, is this a smart way to combat Netflix? Mm. And I think the, the, the quality and the price of this, the decision that they make today, will be far better determined in 10 years' time when you look back and say, 
Did it work? Yes. Was it right for Disney and Fox to combine to try and compete compete against Netflix? Yep. Or was it the wrong strategic decision or was it done badly? Yeah. So there are risks in joining together. Yeah. Frankly, I think there are far, far bigger risks in not doing it. And so I think it's a good deal for both companies to try and get stronger, to negotiate better when it comes to the Netflix of the world rather than trying to go it alone. So I think strategically it's a great idea. Mm whether or not it's it's the smartest financial decision, I think will determine, frankly, determined by whether they can compete effectively. And the strategy is one thing, execution is another. You got it. Um, and I would say this, I, I would say that, that we're, again, um, an Irban, our mate, um, who's really into his tech. Doc, would you like to call him? Doc, yeah. He, he, would, he would argue that Netflix has some really, really clever, impressive technology yep. that sort of helps distinguish it. I would imagine just because in the long run, everything is a toaster, that that, that distinguishing feature becomes less and less. Everything uh, is a toaster. Everything. It's a toaster. One of my favorite investment, investment-isms. Because I'm making touch on my mobile phone. Well, it's just like any technology. You, you look at you look at the crappiest smartphone today, and it is ten times better toast. than the first first iPhone, right? Now, whatever technology comes, you have a you have a wonderful lead there. Is there a toast app on my phone. <laughs> get past the toast. It's, you made you brought it, it up. It's it's a it's a, an analogy, my friend. Okay, well, explain the analogy it's, for it's, me. And 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 the idea <laughs> is is that whatever advantage you might have. <laughs> At a point in time, that will be copied to a point where, and the, the reason you say a toaster is that you can get the best engineers in the world together and they're going to be able to cook a toaster as well as, you know, a $20 Black & Decker a toaster is going to be able to do it. You know, it, it is, everything tends that way technology-wise. So my my supposition is that with this kind of deal, the thing that is going to be dial moving in the long term is not necessarily the quality of their streaming service and the technology they're using to distribute that, but it is the content that they have. And that is what's going to drive audience. So I go to Netflix because Netflix, under my hum- in my humble opinion, has the best content amongst those new generation mm. media outlets. That's why I go there. I would go to Stan tomorrow if they had far better content. So is if if Disney and that's that was that was a genius of Pixar and and their their acquisition right, right. of that that was the genius of of the the Jedi acquisition you know it, was, it is a wonderful brand wonderful content whether yep. you like it or not that the numbers the dollar values speak for themselves right so if if this is something that longer term generates some really attractive content that it can attract people to that platform and then you start getting some network effect economics coming into play yep. then this will be seen as an absolute stonker of a deal I agree. I'm going Good, to, let's go. I'm going, to, I'm going to help you very quickly explain the toaster analogy because I'm not entirely sure you've landed it. All right. So your point- I, really, I do struggle with your, your, your point here is that well over time, a thing like a toaster, there's not very little brand value left because a toaster is a toaster yeah. and it's hard to c- compete and, c- and maintain a technological advantage or brand advantage when frankly any toaster of any brand of any color and size and shape cooks toast just as well as any other toaster. The, the, yeah, the technology gap is very narrow. Right. And between so, the very, very best and the very, very worst. And so your point at the moment is there is a competitive advantage for Netflix right now in the tech, but yeah. at some point- We don't notice it because you just press play and it plays. Right, but you right. know, all the kind of buffering and God, I'm going to get out of my depth here, but all the, all the te- <laughs> TC, technological TCP, stuff, TCP IP yeah, yeah. stuff as that comes in the background. <laughs> like there is some really, really smart right. algorithmic type stuff happening there that so, we, we don't see. So we can agree Netflix has a technological lead now. Yes. But over time, we don't believe that technological lead can be maintained. Yep. And eventually everyone catches up and the streaming tech itself becomes commonplace. Yes. And it's all down to the content. It's then all about the content. Everything's a toaster. Watch this space. All right. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. 
Okay, speaking of a very uh, successful of Aussies <laughs> and 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 selling out. Yeah. Uh, Westfield has sold. Uh, now, now we have again. Westfield has been through a number of incarnations. Oh, like uh, you lose count, oh. right? So the Westfield that uh, the Lowys uh, uh, retain the majority interest in was the was the Westfield centres that own um, the shopping centres in the US and Europe, mm-hmm. um, and that was split off from what is now known as Centre, which uh, is the organisation that owns all the Westfield shopping centres in Australia. Right. So a French a French giant has come and yeah. bought them out. What was the deal value again? $33 billion. So and $10 and one cent per share. Indeed, indeed. Because Frank said, I'm not selling out for less, less than, than $10. $10. So, exactly. All right, $10 and one cent. <laughs> Huge premium to, uh-huh. the, to the last traded price. Uh, about 17%. Oh, sorry, 17%. Well, it's decent. Yeah, right? but it was better than nothing. And, and, and again, there are structural issues. People are talking a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, is the mall dead? Amazon, we've waxed lyrical and, you know, we've, we've flogged this horse until it's a bloody pulp. So on the ground, but but uh, again, thoughts, good deal. Yeah, look, great deal for shareholders. Yep. Um, if you can get eighteen percent more for your shares than you were prepared to buy them for yesterday, that's always a good deal. So yes, take the money and well, run. It is a good deal as long as you feel as though that whatever the price was yesterday, you, I would argue it's relative to what price you think was fair. And if this was a company that was going to go on and deliver stonking long term returns, that seventeen percent bird in the hand is probably. Not as good as the couple of birds that potentially were in the bushes to to massacre that saying. Hugely. If, if it, you had a pet in front of you and you thought the pen was worth two bucks. Yep. And Liam said it was worth 70 cents and I offered you a buck. Take the dollar, dude. You reckon? Yeah. But what if I was right and then someone was very likely to walk through the door in the next 10 minutes and offer me $8? You know, I... The market wasn't going off for your ten dollars. Well, well the, the, we're now we're getting way down the rabbit hole. All right, hole. I think the, the so the deal is interesting for a couple of a couple of in a couple of uh, areas. Firstly, Frank Lowy spectacularly, spectacularly successful over time. Built it from one shopping centre in Blacktown, New South Wales, to literally a global behemoth. Um, stores, malls, right around the right around the world. Spectacular premium centres in LA, yep. in New York, in London. Uh, this it, they, they are without doubt in my mind the best shopping centre. Operators in the world. Yes, they've, oh, done, a, they've done a wonderful job. Un- undoubtedly, Lowy's now eighty-seven. His sons, Peter and Stephen, who are co-CEOs, um, they're now grandfathers themselves. Mm. They've been in this business for a long time. And Frank Lowy has always said he never expected this to be the Lowy dynasty. Yep. There was never a sense that it had to be. Yep. None of the grandkids are in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, it was a situation of like, well, you know, I think to some degree they've pretty much come to that point in their lives. And frankly, Westfield's corporate life, where it was like. We're kind of done here. Yep. You know, the guys who are responsible for doing it, it's better for shareholders that the lowies say, here, buy our business, than simply saying, we're done, we're out. Some other professional management class can come and run this business. And I think yep. for shareholders, if those were the choices, shareholders are much, much better off having someone pay a full price for the business, taking it over. Yeah, French conglomerate, big, big European shopping center owner. Yep. It's probably a natural home if the lowies aren't going to stay in control. Yeah. Yep. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. All right, mate. Time's time's ticking on. Let's get this over and done with. Tell me about your Bitcoin. Do I have to? Go on. Why would I? Why would I? Why while would you you're be, while you're busily opening, why would you up, be opening up your app, dude? You I, can't I, you can't give away the magic of, of radio. This is this is this is special stuff, right? <laughs> and of course, you you confuse. You're going to get this tattooed at some point across <laughs> your forehead. Aren't What's you? that? Bitcoin price? Yeah. Mate, I have, there's not well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my forehead's only so big. I can't. I'm going to make that much money on Bitcoin. I can't possibly. Thank you for letting me stall for a reasonable amount of time. You could have made up something and talked. I was it. going to, but you kept on you talking. Gave me up. <clears throat> so, 
Look, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I'm only up 193%. Is that all? Yeah. Oh, so you've come down from last week. I've got hope. Really? I've got hope. That's what you're pinning. That's what you're going to say. Uh, you, when, when you're you've wrong, come down? you're spectacularly wrong as I am, as often as I am. <laughs> <laughs> you cling to any victory, no matter how small. $293.07, my hundred bucks is worth at the moment. I can tell you I should sell. I can't. Oh, you can't sell. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Here's, here's like, let's, before we rehash this terrible <laughs> shtick that no one is interested in, I will say that this has become, I mean, I'm interested. This, I'm 193%. I, I, we're chatting with Liam just before um, we started the podcast. And it was this idea that this is all pervasive. This is everywhere at the mm -hmm. moment. We had a trip up to the, the Gold Coast um, earlier in the week for mm -hmm. a work thing. And uh, both the Ubers I jumped in, unbidden, started talking about Bitcoin, just mm. out of the blue. Uh, I didn't say I was in investing, or they just, Bitcoin, are you in Bitcoin? So here's the The test. bloke I'm sitting next to on the plane on the way back goes, oh, you in Bitcoin. It, it is everywhere. Liam's brother-in-law, mm. Bitcoin. Yeah, he's, in, he's invested and he reckons he's up about 20,000 bucks. I, I believe it. I believe Makes it. Makes my 200 bucks dodgy. as I have learned from you two gentlemen, as I've said to him, you actually haven't made that money until you've got it out of Bitcoin. Nice one, mate, because no. the example here in Scott Phillips. <laughs> is, yes. For the record, I, I'm, I'm going to just defend myself very, very slightly. I could, if I chose... Transfer my Bitcoin to another wallet and sell it through another exchange. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to just defend myself a little bit here, and say partly, frankly, I'm keeping my Bitcoin now because it's way too much fun to just really tell you how much money I'm making every week. <laughs> <laughs> and here's here's so could I sell? Yes. Is it worth selling? Hell no. This is way too entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's worth it. I, I will denote that three hundred bucks to someone else if I get to say every week. By the you, way, if this up if this does go back to zero or some very very low number, you you can expect me to talk gonna, about it every single week we for are, the next. <laughs> Like forever, <laughs> I will be talking about that. But I, maybe, oh, actually, maybe Liam, I might, I might sell now. Just so every other week I could say I still made money on Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but then if it keeps going up, you'll regret. It. Look, <laughs> here's the thing that's phenomenal about. So we, we are, we are not, uh, we are, we are not unaccustomed to to fads, and we've talked about that a lot before. So whether whether it be graphene or lithium or uranium stocks or whatever it is, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there that a lot Liam, of people get excited. Do you like about. the way Andrew is trying to say it's a fad? He's like, we were accustomed to fads like these things, mm. <laughs> or trying to take for granted that it's a fad. There's not real money to be made here. My my point is is that this I, I think where this is different is that this is a truly Better. global phenomenon mm -hmm. in the sense that anyone anywhere in the world with a smartphone has been able to put some money into this, no matter how small. And the, the one thing that comes up consistently whenever I'm talking to anyone about it is I've learned to sort of say, oh, great, that's really interesting. Why have you bought that? Mm. No, I've not got a, a, a proper answer yet. Other than it's some techie thing that I don't quite understand that I read on the internet is going to be huge. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be. It, it, could, it could totally be. But the rationale that is, and this is, this is an absolute critical ingredient of any bubble, whether or not this is a bubble, we will yet see. But any, any critical element is, is it, it, needs to, it, it needs to be difficult to grasp. It needs to have like that bar of swope type qualities. It's hard to sort of get your hand around because if everyone fully understand it, it doesn't have that potential to sort of really disconnect with fundamentals. Um, and I, I just think whatever happens, whether this goes to $100,000 per Bitcoin or it goes to zero, in, in five years, we will look back and just say, this, this is going to be taught in business schools around the world for decades to come. Liam, what I just heard Andrew say is I don't care about the photos, the world is still flat. 
I can't explain why Bitcoin's going up. Therefore, it's not going up. Therefore, it does go up. It can't really go up for any reasonable reason. Therefore, it doesn't actually. And I tell you, here's one more thing, and we'll move on. The other thing that's very interesting now. And another thing is that I keep hearing that oh, it's not about Bitcoin anymore. I start hearing more about Ethereum. I start hearing about Litecoin, about Filecoin, and so people that there are there are close to a thousand different cryptocurrencies out there in the world. People again, because there is nothing really to hook onto except the price itself. People are making the the rationale I'm hearing more and more is, well, I've missed the train on Bitcoin. It's already gone from what a dollar up to uh, what is it, twenty thousand, whatever, whatever crazy number it is. Um, so, so there's that sense of missing out. But Litecoin is still just at the big. I don't know what Litecoin is, so don't ask me. Um, <laughs> it's another cryptocurrency. Ethereum is the next one, right. which I actually kind of like. If I was going to buy it, I'd buy Ethereum. Um, uh, but there, there are other ones that are out there, and now we're getting into this realm. And then we, we have we talked about initial coin offerings, ICOs before on the program. No, I'm not going to do it today. Let's do that next week. Yeah. Um, uh, you are getting where we are moving down the spectrum into as we are fond of saying on this show, from the sublime to the ridiculous. Mm. And again, whatever happens, it's going to be super fascinating. So you've pretty much given up on Bitcoin. You want to bag other cryptocurrencies to try and make yourself feel better. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever it takes. You know what I'm loving about this is at some point, I'm going to ask Liam to do a, when you finally buy Bitcoin in maybe a month or two, we're going to hold, we're going to do, all we're going to do is a single episode, which is the highlights of you every week, say how terrible I am, how bad it was, what a terrible idea it is, and finishing just the last 30 seconds of you saying, Okay, I'm buying Bitcoin. And that will be the highlight of our entire I'm, I'm going to go series. through the archives. I'm going to dig up the episode well before you bought where you're actually bagging it out as well. Just just to have just to have that uh, on record and to replay that. You know what? Let's move on. <laughs> Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Cue the horse, my friend. Oh, look out. <laughs> Nice. I you like bought it, it Liam. I like there it. There you go. Hey, hey. Nice. <laughs> so I had to get on my high horse because I think, speaking of being spectacularly wrong on, on multiple occasions, uh, I, I, I couldn't help but notice uh, in the paper earlier this week, they said, the housing boom is over. <laughs> oh, so that, that naturally grabbed my attention. Oh, my I don't know how many walk. times this has happened before. Uh, prices in Sydney are down. Jeez. The biggest drop since, I think, December 2015. You have like, never been happier. Wow. <laughs> I clicked on that. I clicked on that as fast as my thumbs would allow. And then, lo and behold, the, the, the decline was like 0.1 of a percent or something <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> I guess what my point is here is that I'm the first one who's going to be doing cartwheels whenever this thing pops. <laughs> and it has to pop so spectacularly for me to ever be right. I'm at a point where it's pro probably impossible to be right at this stage. <laughs> but for the love of God, those who write headlines, can we at least get some kind of context and perspective with these things? The house boom coming, you know, uh, coming to a crashing end is not when we see a fraction of a percent of a fall over a, over a very small time frame. So you're actually going to rant about someone saying that house prices aren't crashy. Oh, did you expect me to say how crazy they are? Well, I just kind of, I thought you would have been happy to go with it. Oh, uh, look, I, I, I am, I am, ha you know, the, the, every, the longest journey starts with a single step. So, <laughs> so, so maybe there is big So this is really your way of saying, I'm pretending to rant about it. Well, but I'm but I'm ringing the bell on the, I remember, the housing market because because I've been on this particular horse for so long. <laughs> I remember in when the it was December 2015, horse. and then we we're talking about the, you know the biggest fall in X years or whatever, and like what we've seen since then is is well spectacular in a lot of areas. <laughs> Indeed. So it, it means absolutely nothing. 
Um, but I would say, you know, the, the one, uh, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> so at this point, I am I am so committed to the story and narrative <laughs> that uh, it would be silly to capitulate at this point. Uh, so how, because, how much do you need of a fall to take a victory lap on house prices? Uh, how long has it been now? I would say I started getting quite vocal about this at least three years ago, probably four. Mm. And I was quoting all kinds of figures and I, I just thought it was pretty crazy. Um, however, I would say that all of those, uh, and again, I won't bore listeners with all the various metrics and arguments just for me it. On the way over just, the way and again, and again, and again, oh, I would, I guess oh. I would, I would say that all of those things relative to history, relative to averages, relative to all of those kinds of things, uh, are still at, at levels which, and, and any other reality have, have tended to precede a, a correction of sorts that mm. the magnitude we can argue about mm. and corrections can just be prices are saying flat for the next 10 years, by the way, it doesn't have to be a big, big fall. A correction, but yeah, it's a correction of sorts. It's a correction over time. This is a man desperately clutching at straws, Phil. Whatever, whatever. I've got to give myself enough opportunities to be quote unquote right. Dude, speaking of being right, we were on a plane flight yesterday, mm -hmm. the day before. And you were sitting next to someone. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. Um, uh, oh, I've, I've gone blank on the... Here we go. Here we go. Uh, anyway, the V-I-E-T-T uh, -E underscore. Um, mentioned, uh, tweeted afterwards that, hey, Andrew, I think I was sitting next to you on the plane, which is really cool. And um, thank you for listening. And you should have said hi. It would have been really great to have a conversation with a listener. Um, someone to sort of say yeah, I, I might, how come, he really enjoys... <laughs> You know, me, but you know, it's, it's hard to put up with Scott. I'm going to, I'm going to do the inner, inner monologue here for Viet. He, mm -hmm. He's sat in the plane and gone, I think that's Andrew Page. Yeah, that's Andrew Page. Oh, Jesus. If I start talking, he's going to rant about Bitcoin and house prices the entire bloody Just, flight. Don't look at him. Yeah, Don't move. look at him. Don't look at him. Good move. Yeah. I'm that's yeah, how it's worked. Yeah, no, exactly right. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of that, yes. um, before, before we go, um, we have, we have been calling in for questions. Yes. Um, and we have got a bunch of questions mm -hmm. and last week we said we were going to get to a question and yes. again, we, we spoke for too long. We are going to devote some I mean, serious we, time. Scott spoke for way too long. <laughs> we're going to spend some serious time next week going through a bunch of those questions. So mailbag episode, mailbag episode. So if you have sent us a question, we have not forgotten about you. We've Correct. got some really good ones there. Um, uh, so, and also if you do have any questions, uh, it's not too late to send them through. Twitter is the best way. Do you think? Yeah. A couple of ways you can do it. So we are at. The Motley Fool AU. So The Motley Fool AU, or one word on in Twitter, of course. Mm -hmm. You can get us there. You can get me at TMF Scott P or Andrew at Sage underscore Simeon. Mm -hmm. Sage Simeon? Simeon. Yeah, we do this every week. I know. It's just fun. I, I, get I made it up on the spot. <laughs> and now I'm committed to defending this ridiculous <laughs> handle that, I, that I've invented. And you wonder why I do it every yeah, week. I know. You can also, if you want to, email us at info at fool.com.au. And our, our master fools back at HQ will make sure we get those emails. So, yeah, please do. Um, we have a whole lot of questions banked up. We've got management quality. We've got the Acorns app. We've got Transurban's rights issue. Lots of cool stuff to talk about. If you've ever wanted to have a question answered on this podcast, we'll do it, frankly, pretty regularly. But now is a great time. Send it in. Um, some good Christmas holiday listening. That's awesome. Mate, thank you again as always. Thank you, Andrew. And we should say Merry Christmas to Liam. He's not going to be with us next week. So oh, quick, mate. A quick Merry Christmas you. and thank you for your Merry Christmas year. to you both. Thank you, mate. Well. We couldn't have done it without you. He obviously. makes us sound less bad than we otherwise <laughs> that's, would. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. quantify that carefully. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. It's yeah, a tough really it's do. a tough hole in the editing <laughs> studio afterwards. <laughs> it, it does give him a chance to catch up on his emails, though, a half hour <laughs> a week that he can dedicate to doing those kind of things that you would Face, otherwise The Facebook spikes in the half an hour we record this podcast. 
All right, mate. Uh, remember, you can uh, subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money pod- podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And you should. Yes. Uh, give us a nice uh, big fat rating. We always appreciate that. And uh, make sure you visit uh, fool.com.au forward slash Triple M. And you'll get a whole other dose of <laughs> foolish goodness. But until next week, full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.